This episode of The Charlie Maverick Show is dedicated to the memory of Claudette Monique Dillings. Rest in peace. Thank you everyone for tuning back into The Charlie Maverick Show. My name is Charlie Maverick, of course. Um, if you listen to my shows in the past, my shows have been kind of humorous, uh, ranty, uh, not really that serious per se. Today's show is kind of different for the sole purpose of this being kind of like a tribute show to my late sister mentioned in the intro. Um, on this day, January 26th, 2008, five years ago, I was in Charlotte and I received a call from my father telling me uh, something tragic has happened. And... It was something I was kind of preparing for, but no matter how much you prepare for something, you really can't prepare to hear that someone close to you has passed away. And you really can't prepare your response to the person that tells you this. So my response was, you serious? You're kidding, right? And, you know, thinking back, that was not the, the best response you can kind of give at that time when somebody's, you know, all, that, that is also close to the same person, breaks the news that they passed away. Um, but that's all I can think of. That's, that's all that ran through my mind. It has to be a joke. This can't be real. And five years later, sometimes it's really hard to grasp the concept that Claudette passing has actually happened. So you got these different stages of coping with death, and uh, it doesn't always follow the same sequence. Sometimes denial comes back after acceptance because you, you fluctuate back just because you think of something and you really, you're like, wow, I really can't believe that she's gone. So let me back up and first say that um, Claudette died from cancer spread really fast through her body um, went through a lot of treatment uh, obviously it was unsuccessful but uh, we tried she tried and fortunately we lost her but we will not lose the memory of this great human so let me just talk about how much I love my sister. And I'm not going to say how much I love because, of course, I still love my sister. Even though she's not here with us now, I still love her. And let me tell you about the, the influence that she's had on my life. Like, musically. Musically, she she got me uh, into Prince. Prince is my favorite, one of my favorite artists of all time. She got me into Jay-Z. Honestly, I think that if she didn't like Jay-Z, I never would have liked Jay-Z. Uh, great influence. Um, she was a humanitarian. Um, she was out in the community. She was she was a um, she was an advocate of of many. She had a voice in the community. She she stood for for 
people being treated equally. Um, she did a lot of work, a lot of work behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know that she's done. And a lot of things have come to fruition because of her. And even though she does didn't get the credit for it, for these things that came to fruition, we still have to acknowledge the fact that she had a huge part in a lot of things that I don't even remember because I wasn't directly involved, of course. So I can't go through the list of what she has done, but you wouldn't believe what she had her hand in. Um, and you see the result of it today in, in, in Charleston. So she was a poet. And of course, I'm a singer. Um, her poetry and spoken word was was phenomenal. And you really have to, you really have had to hear her recite her own poetry to feel the words come out. As if, as in with all spoken word artists, you feel the words, the emotions of what what the words are trying to convey, the, the picture is painting, and it takes you in, and she was so passionate about that. I, of course, was on stage with her a, a couple of times to be an accompaniment uh, vocally with her, and I almost got lost in the moment. I almost forgot that I was supposed to be performing because her words from her poetry was so strong to where you're like, wow. And you start thinking, it's like, it's like you sitting back and just, and just appreciating the art. Of course, what you should do, but you appreciate, you, you really appreciate the art and, and it, it wasn't gimmicky. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't kind of meant to be comical. It was serious poetry. It was serious poetry. Not anything that you like, ha, 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 that was funny. You know, I want to hear it again because that was humorous, which a lot of spoken word artists do. But it was, it had a message in everything. It had a message, which spoken word is supposed to have. It's not supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to be educational. And at a small percentage, educating. I mean, uh, and, and entertaining. So, that was one aspect of her life. Her poetry, her work. She published uh, a book. Um, book signings, of course. She was a great sister. I remember when uh, she drove me to college. Or my potential place of, of college. Uh, Francis Marion to uh, to take an exam and I really wanted to give up because I'm not good at tests I hate tests I hate tests with a passion I have fallen asleep on many tests because I, I just hate tests so much um, but she made a point to drive me herself and it might have been on two occasions I think I had to take two separate tests but I'm not sure but she drove me to those to that college. Took day off and, and did it. She she was 
she was very unselfish. She was very giving. She was very outspoken. So let's talk about let's talk about those who know knew her. Um, <laughs> knew that she held no punches, which was great because she was she would always give you honesty. She would always give you the raw, uncut version of what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And you might not like it at that time, but doggone it, you're going to get it. And she just held no punches. Um, a lot of us in this day would have problems with people like that because our society now is so is so sensitive and apologetic to things that you meant to say but you have to turn around and say that you didn't mean to say it. It it's it's terrible but it, it the genuine truth that that comes out of a person like Claudette, you have to appreciate because you know that she'll never lie to you about her her opinion. She would not try to, you know, you know, butter it up or, or, or kind of, you know, paint it to be something what it's not. She would always give you the raw uncut. Even if you didn't want it at that time, you had to hear it because later on you're going to realize that, wow, I needed to hear that. And of course she is a sibling and I'm nine years younger than her. You know, I'm, I'm like, you ain't my mama. So I'm not taking this information in right then, but of course it's sitting in the back of my mind because you know that's how the mind works. If even if you reject it right then, it's still in the back of your mind. So she give me tough love, and of course I'm I'm either a preteen or a teenager, and I'm like, man, leave me alone. You know you don't understand when I you know first you're female, then you're older than me. I'm a different. I mean. You're in a different decade. So how are you going to know? So I didn't take it all in at, at that time. But man, the, the, the things that she told me that I've come to experience later in life. Man, man, I wish I, I wish I would have listened to her a lot back then. She was like a second mother. She wasn't, she wasn't just a sister. She was a friend. She was a, a a second mother. So my mother is great. My mother is, is one, if not the greatest mother in the world, she's one of the great mothers in the world. In terms of communication and, and, and teaching you things and getting you prepared for life. And, and just being a great person all around. My father is the same. He's one of the greatest people on earth. And... And my sister was was kind of like the 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 backup to that, you know. The the lessons that my mother and father instilled in me was was backed up by the lessons that my sister instilled in me about situations that my parents didn't touch on, about things that I would go through as adolescent at that time, because she recently was going through it so it was time relevant to what I was going through and man if I would have listened then how different my life would have been and I have no regrets but wow lesson learned listen to your older siblings you might not like it at that time but apparently you need to listen 
because they have something wise to say. Um, I remember taking trips with the family. I remember going to Myrtle Beach a lot. You know, we had a family photo at on our trips and we just had fun, man. We we just pick up and go to Myrtle Beach and she would meet us there and we would just have fun. It was always fun at Sunday dinner. Sunday dinner was the great. You guys like the movie Soul Food? We had Soul Food like if not every Sunday. It was at least two Sundays out the month. We had the real the real positive version of soul food. There was no drama like soul food, but it was just it was just memorable. It made you feel good. It, you couldn't wait to see each other on that on that one day of the week. It was it was kind of more beneficial to me than church was. So I I I I missed those times and Unfortunately, I live in a different state than my parents do now, so I can't come to the house on Sundays like I used to. But I continued it every Sunday, if not every Sunday. It was the majority of the Sundays. I would I would go over to the house and and keep that tradition going. It it, it was so great. So her husband uh, would be there. Uh, Roosevelt would be there, and and we would just have fun laughing and. We we would go uh, out to eat and man laugh and 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 fellowship together it was great it was so great and of course she had two kids uh, Rosa and Austin and they they're great kids they remind me so much of her of her personality of her of her looks Rosa is like a is like a, a, a clone, like a reincarnation of her. I would totally believe it if they weren't alive at the same time. But uh, man, it it was uh, it's amazing how how you know you can have a child and they can continue on the uh, that legacy of a person. You know, she is also talented, just like her mother. She is also raw and uncut, just like her mother. She is ahead of her time at her age, just like her mother was. Um, and, man, artistic, just like her mother. Just, you know, just, just very talented. And... Every time I look at her, I'm like, wow, that's Claudette still right here, you know? And all of us, everyone that listens to the show at this length of show has had some type of experience like this where you lost a loved one or you're losing a loved one. And, let, and let's talk about cancer because cancer is what we lost her to. But cancer, I, I want to take a moment to to do cancer awareness. It's a, it's a tragedy and, and something has to be done to where we n stop researching how to cure cancer and just implement the cure because there is a cure for cancer out there. They need to stop, you know, 
sucking the life out of people's insurance and bank accounts, trying to trying to extend life, but you need to do the right thing, pharmaceutical companies and doctors and hospitals, and and give the cure out. There is a cure. There is a cure for it out there. Trust me, there is. It's a mutation of cells. There's something to fight it. And you guys out there um, that are a certain age or have history in your family of cancer, which everybody does, every family does, please get tested. I've got tested. I sure have to do it every year, but I haven't done it in a year or so. But please get tested, guys. Please, please. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's uh, if you they say you're scientifically predisposed more than the other races to get cancer. It doesn't matter. Protect yourself. Um, just going back, man. Just just going back to Claudette, man. Like five five years past and days are still hard to get through like it's it's really difficult at times to to make it through the day and you can rarely tell unless I'm having like a really 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 bad day that you know it's affecting me but it affects me every day like that morning that morning changed my life, and I want to tell you a little story um, before I go about about how I transitioned emotionally after the death. Right, so uh, January twenty sixth is when she died. I was out of town uh, in Charlotte, and I wasn't there, and I I. For a larger percentage of of my mental state, I haven't forgiven myself for not being there. But everything happens for a reason. Everybody keeps telling me that, so it is what it is. I can't go back in time and change it. If if I can change it, I would be there. Just you know, just to be there. You know, do what I can. I felt like I was obligated to do that because that was my sister. You know, I felt that I might have let her down. Now you listen to this and you might say, you didn't let her down. That's great, but you know, it's not gonna change the way I feel about that. So moving on. Um, you know, after that day, I, I mentally and emotionally shut down. You know, I I didn't wanna go on, right? I, I didn't wanna work anymore. I wanted to quit my job. Every every day I tried to go back to work after my, uh, my bereavement leave, um, I used to get not even two miles down the street from from where I lived, I used to get, you know, maybe to, oh man, not even halfway to work, and I'll have to call my 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 boss and and shout out to Pete, it, he really understood and, man, if it wasn't for him, I might not have made it through that because you know, I I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like an introvert when it comes to my my emotions and it's hard for me to to uh express my emotions it's really hard and um you know I confided in him you know I told him that I couldn't do it and you know he he taught me through he taught me through because you know 
you don't realize, but everybody has a story in life to where they had pain. And once they open up to you, it's not like misery loves company, but they hear that someone can kind of relate to what you're going through. It helps a lot. It didn't help to the point to where I could really make it after I heard it, but it helped me to the point where I didn't want to end, you know, and and me saying that, I hope you know what I'm talking about because I'm not going to come out and say it. Um, and then there was a point to where I, I really didn't want to go on. I, I was like, forget work. That That's the least thing from my mind. I didn't want to go on at all. And after shutting down emotionally, I, you know, I got to the point where I, of course I didn't want to go on. I wanted to give up. Didn't want to live. What was the point? You know? And then I had a dream. I had a dream that, and it seemed like really real, like really real. I had a dream that um, it was Sunday and everybody was over. Uh, in terms of my mom, dad, uh, Claudette, Roosevelt, and the kids. And we were sitting down in the den watching TV like we always do. Lights on, laughing. The TV's on. We're not really paying attention because we're cracking up. Like, she had the funniest laugh ever. And it, she was in the form of appearance prior to her you know, being sick. So, you know, and I guess mentally that's how I remember her. Because it's so hard to remember her in the state that she was in when I last saw her, physically saw her. So mentally seeing her prior to her being sick is, is how my mind, my subconscious remembered so it was it was great you know it, it was it was like nostalgic it was it was great so uh went into the to my parents room and and what, here's where it seemed like it was really real you know it seemed kind of like a dream at first because i knew it wasn't happening but where where it seemed really real is i went into the bedroom because i saw something during the dream that kind of reminded me that this isn't this is a dream. It's not real. And I went into the bedroom. I walked in the bedroom. My mind took me into my parents' bedroom in the dream. And I started crying. And she walked in and consoled me like she would in reality. And I can't remember verbatim what she said, but she she kind of said, you know, paraphrasing that it's going to be okay. And, you know, I just started crying. And when I woke up out of the dream, I was physically crying. And that would confuse me to the point, like, it was just, it was so real. I, I didn't know if what was a dream or what was real life, you know. But that, that helped me. That was the turning point to where I was like, I can go on. I didn't tell everybody that story. You know, of course, I don't, I don't tell a lot of stories. But that saved me. She saved me once again from a low point in my life. And there was many low points where she saved me from, man. Really, really low points where she saved me from. It would take me, 
it'll take me 15 plus shows that last more than 30 minutes to tell you how and what she did to to influence my life in a positive way. I I can't I can't there's not enough time in life to to reflect truly to, to do it justice of of how much I miss my sister. And after her death, I really really struggle emotionally with with feeling the way that I want to feel. Like feeling emotion the way that I want to feel. I really have struggles and obstacles with that. I kind of like shut down. Making steps to get better with this, I have, but it's still a daily struggle. Like I cannot compute some some emotions because I think as a defense mechanism, you kind of shut down to protect yourself from feeling that way again. You don't want to be hurt. And of course I had relationships that hurt in the past. And we all, you know, we shut down a little bit then, but we come back. You call that the rebound, right? But this is something you can't rebound from like that. This is something, this is a totally different monster. This is this is not even comparable to to those type of emotional situations. You can you can lose someone that is close to you, but until you lose a sibling or a parent that had so much influence on your life, like I lost a lot of people that that no one really knows that you know I don't put it out there that I have lost a lot of people. Uh, I lost some friends that you know you know. Rest in peace to all you guys that I lost. I lost some family members. I lost a lot of people. But nothing has hit close enough to home as losing my love sister. Nothing to this day. And and I hope to God that I don't ever have to experience that while on earth again. Or any of you guys would have to. I wouldn't wish down my... Worst enemy. But I wanted to take time to reflect and say five years later, time does not heal all wounds, but steps have been made to survive. To to make it. That might be kind of depressing to some to hear, but I hope you guys listening to this that have gone through similar situations recently or far in the past, I hope this helps you because not a lot of people talk about death from the past. Not a lot of people put it into perspective of how they transition from a depressed state to a coping state a lot of people don't say how they feel or how they're they're surviving 
they don't give their status of of what's going on with them five years later. I have. And and every year on the anniversary of her death and the, and her birthday, I have written something on Facebook or some type of social network. Now that I have the venue of of having a a podcast, I want to put it out there that you guys aren't alone. You guys remember the great things about your lost loved one. And realize that there's people out there that are struggling with the same thing. And on this day, January 26th, 2013, five years after the day that Claudette Monique Dillings died, I want you guys to know that it feels the same way that it did that day, but we still press on. There'll be more shows in the future. You know, every every year, every uh, every birthday, every anniversary of this date, I will continue to pay tribute to her life. I refuse to have her memory lost from this earth. And you guys should do do pay the same respect. Not necessarily in the same manner, but you guys pay the same respect to your past loved ones, your deceased loved ones. Let's not make them lost. Let's make them remember. See, we 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 put the people in history books, we we make memorials for them. We make days for Martin Luther King and and Washington, Columbus, um, and and all those presidents. And we take time to reflect on those days. How are they so different from the people that were close to us that weren't famous? They were famous to us. They don't. They might not be in the history books that you learn about or that you read in school. They might not be. Um, they might not be so quote unquote uh, important in, into the world society eyes, but they put on the pants the same way that. The people that you were close to put on your pants. They had influence on your life. You pay them the same respects that you do the, 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 the people that have memorials built for them. You eternalize their memories. They still love you, man. You pay love back. This is Charlie Maverick. This is Charlie Maverick show. You guys be inspired. You guys you guys have hope. Thank God for love.